I was like, but if Yoda fought, like, refused killing him, like, he would die. I see maybe cowards melting down the walls. He's like, ah, you're looking at those fucking Nurgle things again, son of a bitch. I'll kill a bitch. I'll straight up fly to wherever it is in the world that you are. I'm gonna parade you to the time that you and I will kill you. Every time Bob drops the birthplace of Warhammer and not again, have a shot. What are you looking at on your phone? Is that the workshop website? No, it's Bob, leave me alone. Welcome to Hobby Happy Hour. So, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the Hobby Happy Hour. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter M and the colour red. I don't remember agreeing to uh, letters, Bob. Okay, well, so it's brought to you by a cheeky Merlot. Um, isn't it like two o'clock in the afternoon? Okay. Okay, mate. Okay. Well, maybe Cheeky's maybe a little bit of a stretch. It is, in fact, the cheapest red wine that the shop had. In fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't even a Merlot. In fact, I, I think it just says the words red wine on the side of the bottle. Bob. Tastes like shine. Bob. Yes, Johnny. So, welcome to the Happy Hobby Hour. I'm Johnny, and this is... Bob. This is Bob. Uh, and what are we talking about today, Johnny boy? Well, Bob, I thought it would be a brilliant idea to start at the start. A little palate wetter to get the juices flowing. That sounds gross. Um, I mean creative juices. So today's topic is... Brought to you by the letter M. <sighs> no, today's episode is how to get started. Since this is the first episode, I thought we could take a little bit of time to talk about who we are and what we'll be talking about and how to get started in this hobby. And by hobby, we mean the gloriously grimdark universe that is Warhammer 40k. Am I right? Oh, we will definitely be focusing on the wonderful world of Warhammer. But a lot of it will we talk about definitely be usable in other areas. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll be focusing almost purely on sort of the hobby inside and the creative process. Obviously, there's, there's loads of stuff out there for how to play, and I really don't think either of us are the guys to really speak about in how to actually play the tabletop game, right? Definitely agree with you on that one. Not really versed in the, uh, the old uh, dice-throwing mechanism. No, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo, mate. No, I I've never played a game. Have you? Very long time ago. Many moons ago. Very, very long time ago. Because we are both old men, <laughs> respectively speaking. Yes. The old geezers. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, from a law perspective, we'll probably brush on it a little bit. Um, it's massive. Like, properly massive. Probably a good time also to sort of give a shout out to how we both met. So th there's a podcast out there called Lawhammer, TM, which has a great community. Um, we got talking like through their Discord group. Might talk a little bit about those guys later on. Um, we're going to make some assumptions about how much you already know about the grim, grim, dark, dark world of Warhammer 40k. But if you don't, it'll all make sense at some stage in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm Johnny, also known as Jono, or however you want to refer to me. Um, I collect the uh, the beautiful blue boys of the Ultramarines, the Smurfs, as they're commonly referred to, the poster boys of... Games Workshop, Warhammer 40k universe. People are just jealous. So basically, the Ultramarines uh, appeals to me because I like the look of them. Really, like the they're very uh, Roman esque feel to them. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, they're the quintessential good guys, and they follow the letter. You know, the rule down to the letter. You know, so yeah, just stout. 
devote good guys. You know, obviously some of them do fall to the to the evil ways of heresy, but man, like it's just more the the aesthetic look of them. Like yeah, you know, very Roman. Like even their swords look like gladius swords and real like plumes on their helmets. Yeah, just love it. Sweet. What about you, Bob? Well, I'm Bob, and I started collecting Sons of Malice. They are a Chaos Astartes faction that specifically follows the fifth lesser known Chaos Deity called Malice. Um, so when I say Chaos Deity, I'm assuming again that you know sort of the basics, but there's four Chaos Gods. Um, they sort of reside in a place called the Warp, and they're sort of born out of uh, uh, emotion, so sentient life's emotions on this on this great plane of existence. Uh, you've got Nurgle, who's sort of all about decay, rot. You'll have, you'll have seen the figures. I think even if you're not into 40k, you've you've probably seen Nurgle at some point. Um, especially if you're UK based, I think Warhammer's pretty prevalent over here. Well, it is the home city. It is. It was born and born and raised here. Strong Nottingham background. Um, <laughs> you've got the uh, Tsinch guys, who's sort of like the change. It's about planning and plotting think sort of game of thrones kind of a thing and you've got corn who's sort of like blood of skulls wait that didn't make sense throne of skulls rivers of blood you know blood for the blood god um, and then you've got uh slanesh who is widely <laughs> acknowledged as being the sexy 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 chaos god um but i really really think more hellraiser than sort of like sexy sexy fun times it's really more of a Hey guys, I know it would be a really great idea today. Let's put some fish hooks in my skin and suspend me from the ceiling. Oh, you naughty devil. Um, and they <laughs> reside in a place called the Warp. Um, think think like hell, kind of, but not quite. It's a little bit more metaphorical than that. It's not real, but it is. It's not physical, but it has a physical form sometimes. It's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be hard to explain. I think... Um, Think like your Cthulhu-esque, like Lovecraftian horror. Uh, it, like exists on another plane. Yeah, it's sort of beyond our comprehension, which that's is kind of the it. point. Um, so it's like, yeah, and that's always worth bearing in mind. I think it all, oftentimes it's simplified to maybe a little bit too real. I think you really got to try and think that it is, yeah, it's it's pretty messed up, but it's hard to get your head around it. You can go crazy just looking at it. So um, that's sort of chaos, very much basically not the Imperium, not the guys in blue, not the Emperor's love children, none of that nonsense. Everything else is basically other, and then the other faction would, of course, be Xenos, which is basically not human. There's quite a lot that sort of fills that sort of neck of the woods. But yeah, that's how I started. Um, I've also got some Nids, some Nurgle guys, uh, started a Tsinch thing, got a lot of plans in the work, a lot of projects on the go, bit of this, bit of that. I'd say sort of the pieces I've had the most fun with um, are probably my Splinter Fleet Nids. I think you know, I've got my fire-themed Tyranid uh, Splinter Fleet Suter. Got my Icy Nids. Um, use the Crackle Paint on the Carapace. Probably talk about them in depth at some stage. Um, they're Splinter Fleet Yotnar. And uh, my Feathery Nids um, called Splinter Fleet Teotl. Uh, they've all got sort of like a reason for the names. Um, and then obviously, um, I do love my, my deep sea Nurgle guys. Um, I'd probably say they're my largest army at this stage. Uh, I'm always sort of adding to it every now and then. So I really want to go for like a more colourful, vibrant, Nurgly look. Um, sort of like the basic lore is 
supposed to be uh, a little bit hidden so everything's covered in rust like you can't really see what what the markings were but um and again i'll probably talk about this in depth later because i could go on about it for hours um but i were i really wanted it to be sort of a wait are those were they that have fallen to nurgle now live at the bottom of the sea <laughs> that's weird <laughs> Very, very in depth. I love it. I love it. So, what what have you been up to last since we last spoke, Bob? What have you been tinkering on? Funnily enough, not not any of the things that I've just mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> there's more. Yeah, no, I, I kind of got it in my head, uh, and it was a uh, diggy diggy hole by um, I think it's Windrose, which if you've not heard the song, is definitely worth a listen. Um, and it, it really sort of got me hyped for doing like a dwarven kind of a thing, which in the 40k universe are affectionately known as squats. So I bought some AOS dwarf models and some towers. So I'm doing a squat Gavessa group. I can't see it expanding in the future. Just uh, been having a lot of fun with it, really. It's at the blue tax stage. <laughs> Good old blue tax stage. That's true. Uh, what about you, uh, Big J? Oh, God, don't call me that, Bob. Okay, Little J? <sighs> so, Bob, basically, myself, um, I took a little bit of a hiatus from the hobby, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the throne room, the golden palace that um, is my hobby room, uh, I thought it needed a little bit of a makeover. So, I disposed of my little foldable appalling desk that I had and the little cramped space that I got and uh you know went out and splashed out on some nice big desks uh, one obviously for uh, computer and uh, office work sort of stuff that we do and um the next one yeah I, was, I treated myself to a nice uh adjustable desk that you know raises nice heights um being quite a tall person, so hunched over on a terrible little desk is not good for your back. So yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, so like yeah, uh, set it all up, got it looking all pretty. It was quite schmicko, and then uh, after that, I didn't really want to dirty it up. <laughs> so I've just been chewing through the um, Indominus box. I am probably yeah, yeah. what you refer to as the world's slowest painter and modeler, I fall into the category of uh, sort of overpainting, not as in putting too much paint in it, but just taking way too much time, you know. And, um, yeah, so I'm currently at the moment just finishing off the last of the Outriders, the marine dirt bikey guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, another yeah. one. Yeah, and um, i to, to tell you the truth, it's not really my favourite model to paint. I, I don't know why. But, yeah, I'm just not really enjoying painting the bikes like I would be painting infantry. I know that sounds weird because most people sort of flip the switch and they like the other way and get sick of painting infantry. But, yeah, I just yeah got my system. No, and definitely, I'm, man. Yeah, it's it's quite weird. But yeah, um just punching through that, you know, um scaring uh the internet for um certain pieces because like I do even though they are ultramarines and you know, there's not a lot of diversity that you can do with a founding chapter. 
you got to keep it pretty lyrically accurate. And um, yeah, so a few bits and pieces here. I'm waiting to come through the mail just to give it its own little bit of flavour and spice it up a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the um, the lion heads that you used. I mean, I thought they looked sick. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I did purchase some third party lion heads. Lions, Roman ties in together. They had a bit of a fetish for feeding people to lions for our sport. And um, yeah, <laughs> I remember reaching out to you because I thought, oh, these these aren't just they're just not going to work. And you sort of calmed my nerves and you know, took my hand and walked me through the process, so to speak. And Definitely, man. Yeah, no, I think there's, um, there's, a, there's a real moment when you first get a model, when you first sort of stick it together, especially, like again, like what I like to call the blue tack stage. And it's um, there's, a, there's a moment where it doesn't look quite right. And I always think your best bet at that stage is to just take a picture, but then and what you do is you get the picture and then you just make it completely grayscale. Mm-hmm. So... When it's completely grayscale, it means that any sort of differences in the color don't affect your your view, if that makes sense. So it doesn't yeah. make you think that it's um, worse than it actually is. That's exactly what you did with me. And uh, yeah, it turned out all right on my end and just punching through my, uh, my ultramarines and um, trying to find a little bit more extra time to get out that nice, crispy, clean uh, hobby desk and dirty it up. Sweet. Well, that sounds good to me, man. It does, it does. So, what, are, what, 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 what's, what's the thing that we're going to reach out to people today? The main thing that we want to talk about is sort of where, where do you start? How do you get started? It's, it's, I think it's a really hard one. Um, I know it probably it puts quite a lot of people off. It's, um, it's a real like, it's just massive. So where, you know, where do you begin? On your wonderful journey into the grim, grim, dark world of Warhammer 40k. Well, here at the Hobby Happy Hour with Bob and Jono, we tackle the hard questions first. We like the yeah, we challenge. Do. Yeah, we do. That's what we're about. Those hard, so, difficult questions. Oh, the hard hitters. For me, the first place to start is what do you want to paint? Yeah. What do you want to paint? Exactly what army are you going right. to pick? There's so many to choose from. Who do you? I, I know from sort of personal experience, like many moons ago when I first started this, uh, a, a man in a games workshop that said, "Hey, why don't you collect ultramarines? Hey. You know, they are the poster boys. They are the the guys to start with." And I just remember thinking, "Yeah, okay, if you say so." Um, and I ended up not painting them. They sat in a box for about ten years, and I fuck knows where they are now, man. Um, probably an attic somewhere. I wish I knew. I'm sure I could sell them for some sweet, sweet Warhammer no, money. Those poor, poor, poor Marines. Neglected. <laughs> but I think it really sort of shows the importance of, you know, don't you don't have to rush into it. Don't get the first box set you see. Don't go with what your friends think are cool. Don't go with something that you think is going to be good on tabletop. I mean, unless that's your bag. But I think when it comes to the hobby inside, you, you, you're gonna have to love these guys. You're gonna be spending a lot of time with them. You're gonna be spending a lot of time painting what feels like thousands upon thousands <laughs> of pox walkers, thousands and thousands of pox walkers. So you better love them. Uh, uh, you better love them. This has got to be a. It's got to come from a place of love. It's got to be what speaks to you and like what reaches out and tickles those little heart chords that you've got. Sometimes 
you will buy an army and just get halfway through and just go, no, no. You know, that's that's just a fact of life. You know, and the thing is, it's true. How did you how did you find your Nurgle? Well, I think for me, it always starts with the law. Yeah. So I get a little spark of inspiration. So it could be anything. Hundred percent. And I think for me, and again, sort of another shout out the 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 Law Hammer podcast. It's a really good place to start if you're a beginner and you don't know the law. Hey, the boys. They are good, man. It's a damn good podcast. hundred percent. Not as good as this one, but hey ho, what are you gonna do? <laughs> but um I think you do need somebody to help sort of hold your hand through the law sometimes, I think. Oh um just because it is so massive. Oh. Um and there's definitely times where you, you don't know what you don't know. It's... So there are things that you can do and and like you you have a lot more freedom than I think you think you have when you first get into it. Well, you you know, that's that's exactly right. Like well Really, if you're just doing it as a collector and you are not going to go showcase your army or go to armies on parade or whatever or go to a tournament, you do whatever you want. Who cares? Like It's your money, your plastic, go for it. But you don't want to do some heretical things to your models that people will just go, mate, what's, what's going on here? I think I, I've always had a big thing. My guys need to be Laura Cleac. Oh, and yeah, they do because yeah. that's my that's my jam. Yeah, I'm with um, you on that one. We're on the same know, boat, mate. You know, this is why this is why this is why I'm hot. <laughs> but it's it really is a case of you'd be you don't have to be because when you're hot, you're hot. You demonstrate, and if you're not, you're not. I'm hot because I'm flying. You're not because you ain't. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> um, but I think if you, yeah, if you're not going to be lyrically accurate, and you're just going to go completely out on a limb, do your own thing. Be prepared for people to say something. Oh. So be prepared for people to challenge you. Be because there's a lot of there's a lot of salty people in this. Hobby. Well, yeah, the community. It it it, it is. For the majority, I think it has the potential for it has the potential for great good, and it has the potential for a lot of nonsense. Oh yeah, well there there is a stereotype that does exist in the hobby aspect, and we're not going to delve into that too much because we are a diverse group. (laughs) I mean, you're Australian, and I'm. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. The greatest nation on earth. Oh, here we go. So here we go. You know. We, he has to sleep. Gracious Queen, God save us. I've been watching The Crown recently, by the way, which is fantastic. Really? I don't think I've partaken yeah. in that. You want to watch it, man. Uh, you want to watch it. In between hobbying, of course. Oh, yeah. That comes first. I think I think the last English show I watched was the good old Peaky Blinders. You know. Oh, good old Pinky Blind. Why was that? You, that was Cockney. You did a Cockney. Oh, isn't that what Birmingham. they are? I don't know. They're all. No, they're from. They're Brummy. Brummy, man. They're from Birmingham. They talk like that, <laughs> don't they? Bloody Birmingham. That sounds like a Kiwi accent. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And for the record, Nottingham, the birthplace of Warhammer, yeah, uh, is sort of kind of in between those two places, London and Birmingham, but then a little bit up and then a little bit right. Okay. Because um, the UK is a big place, man. Yeah. Big island. So for anyone listening at home, like if you 
but if you like an occasional nip of the old uh, sherry at Christmas time, every time Bob drops uh, the birthplace of Warhammer and Nottingham, have a shot. You probably won't make it to the end of the show. You won't, man. You definitely won't. That's not. So, five minute drive from where I live. Uh, yeah, boy. There we go. Just rub it in, Bob. Rub it in. Nothing's half an hour drive from where I live. It's Australia. You chose to live in Australia, (laughs) Just wait till I see my parents. Ooh, they will rue the day. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, once you've you've gone through the countless armies and the the choices that you have and the models, you know, hey, what whatever box you know, you don't have to walk out there and you know drop. For me, it'd be like, you know what, $300 yeah. on a start no, collecting and, kit or something, you know. And I, and don't get me wrong, the start collecting boxes are amazing. Oh, they're, they're great. great value for money. Oh, and they're brilliant. Great. But if you, you drop 125 quid on an Indomitus box set and realize you hate Space Marines or Necron, well, you get the hell then out you've of just here. sunk... <laughs> well, you've just you've just sunk 125 quid in something, and all exactly. you'll do is it'll just build up resentment towards the whole hobby. You won't. It, yeah. It'll be really hard to get back into it again. You'll just think fuck it, and there's no point. There's literally oh, no point. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, that's right. Like as I I totally agree with you. The start collecting boxes and some like they are good value for money. They actually do give you a bit of like a savings instead of buying the models individually. 100%. So that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it for someone first getting into the hobby because now we're also going to look at the other elephant in the room. It is, it can be pricey to start setting up. It is pricey, and I think it just you just kind of got to accept it that this is not a cheap hobby. Nope. Um, but I I go to eBay. I try and find Ooh, you know I'll I'll love eBay. All of my um, all of my um squat Gavessa are eBay saves. Oof. So they're guys where somebody's maybe started painting something and realised that they really can't be bothered to do it, so they just flog it and they flog it for cheap because they've already started oh, painting yeah. it, so it's already been. Ruined. Uh, I've, I've I've saved a lot of money getting eBay little rescues. Great, great little plan that is. Um, it's like why wouldn't you? If you can save money, then save some money. Well, that's it. Because you know we like spending lots of money on uh, the old uh, plastic little toy men that we paint. But goddamn, we're all tired asses in the real world. They are chaos warriors. Okay, and you will refer to them <laughs> appropriately. Chaos warriors. <laughs> and the great devourers <laughs> but yeah little plastic figures yeah just put my tea in the microwave mum we'll be out soon yeah yeah oh, I'm coming yeah alright yeah I'm just recording a podcast <laughs> but anyway yeah it's an expensive hobby yeah save a bit of cash put 50 quid aside and just say right I've got 50 quid here but go through the games workshop site Ooh. go through with a fine tooth comb Every army spend a good. I, I do it all the time because I'm sad. We'll go through it all and go. You know what? They look cool. They look cool. That's that's it. The rule of cool, man. The rule of cool. Damn straight. They look cool. Yeah. I'm gonna buy them. Yeah. Or or if you have time and you live in the UK or you have enough money for a plane ticket, 
um, and this pandemic is over and everything's open again, you can go to, it's a little place, it's called Warhammer World in Nottingham, which is where Warhammer 40k was born, um, and they actually have um, everything on display. That is crazy, they have every, literally everything, but they have one of every chapter painted on display, uh, so you can go, I like that one. One day, one day. I think I've, I think I've got family in England, so we'll, we'll have to use it, figure out a way to a business trip, tax write-off. I can see it in the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boy. So, I'll be happy I will tax write-off. <laughs> so once you've, you've chosen your army, you've chosen some models that you like, what do you do next? Well, you uh, get painting, man. You just, you just go, hey, I'm just going to like, hey, whatever. Just go down to the local hardware. Line models up on a table, open a paint pot and just chuck the paint pot at it. Okay, so now picking out your colours, how, how, how do you go about that? I, and like I say, I think with mine, and what always helps is a story behind it. So why do they look like that? My, my icy tyranids, they are all close combat, every single one of them. They're close combat because there isn't a hive mind. They are feral tyranids. They just run amok. They're all icy themed. It's supposed to be snowy, so I've gone for blues and cold colours. Used a crackle paint on the carapace to finish it off. So you've got like a clear crack that looks like ice all over. But I feel it should tell a story. You should look at it and you should go, they look like icy tyranids. Mm -hmm. That one looks like a tyranid that's on fire. That one should represent X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yeah. See, now you're talking about like your own, your own custom. Well, your own custom. Yeah. I mean, you could do the same with like Space Marines. Your own chapter, yeah. Chaos Space Marines. You've got even more freedom. I think. I Don't think, be afraid to paint them how you want. Yeah, I think the hobby in painting and color schemes, you've got untold potential. Like you either you go with like a Codex chapter. Or a founding chapter, boom, easy. You want to make up your own chapter, color schemes, go for it. And, and that that goes across the whole board. Like, I think you can even do it with Imperial Guard, can you? Yeah, yeah, everything. I think. Yeah, everything. There's the amount of guard sort of regiments that exist are, um, are numerous. You've got like a, a, a sort of a Russian like a uh, soldier with like the, you know, the, the bear skin hats you've got. The firstborn. Um, yes. The Vestroyan firstborn. firstborn yeah, yeah. You've got the Praetorian guard, which is sort of like your, your sort of Victorian British military with your curly tashes and your feathery hats. Um, you've, you, yeah. The, 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 the things that already exist are numerous. Yeah. Um, so you, you could probably pick something that does exist, even chapters-wise. The the amount of sort of um, successor chapters. The successor chapters are, yeah. are loads of them. Yeah. Crazy amount of chapters. That's exactly there's there's right. some really cool-looking ones as well. I think, um, what did I see the other day? Someone did, um, I think it was on Reddit. It was uh, Base Marine chapters, but they all looked like uh, Star Wars Stormtroopers. That's cool. That was cool. I was like, oh, that, that's, that strikes at my nerdy chord right there. I'm like, that's cool. That's very cool. Have you ever seen the um, the Necrons done to the scheme of General Grievous? Oh. <laughs> that looks cool. That's, that looks really cool. Got, like the four the four phase blades, yeah, painted with the the sort of the 
the Jedi lightsaber colors, super cool. Oh, super that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you know, finding inspiration of what you want to paint. <laughs> if you can't find it in a codex or a GW book, there's this little thing. Now, I'm, I'm giving away a few secrets here. It's called the internet. And it's... Internet. Yes. I think it's called... Is that where Google lives? Yeah. No, I think I think it's called Goggle. Goggle. That sounds more likely. Yeah. Google sounds ridiculous. Why would you, why would you name something yeah. like that? And now that... It's just a plethora. Like, you can just go down that rabbit hole. And you'll pass Alice on the way down. Gotta love a plethora, man. Oh. Gotta love a plethora. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so, let's talk about paint. Now, you said you sit down at your desk, you open up your pot, and you just throw the damn paint at the model. Now, what's a, what's yeah, a paint? Okay. What's a pot? What's a pot? What's a paint? Well, Yeah, what's a pot? Well, Johnny boy, paint is basically like a like pigments that are sort of mixed into a sort of like a, a solution of some description to make like a liquidy colour that you can then place upon your models. Um, you need a prime first need to prime first, oh. otherwise that paint's going to chip off, and it is. We've all been there, we've all done it, we've all thought it's a step we can skip, and it isn't, alright? So, Especially back in the old day with the pewter models and the lead models. and You, you might as well not bother. Yeah. You might as well not bother painting it, because that's it's just going to fall off. It's my metallic man. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Necron players. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's um I, I personally recommend the Citadel stuff. There's a lot of other brands, there's Vallejo, there's Army Painter, um Green Stuff World do their own stuff as well. Yep. Scale seventy five, I've heard lots of good stuff about them. Yep, yep, definitely. But for, for me personally, um I stick with Citadel. Yeah. And I do. They do a lot of really good paints. You can even buy like box sets of paints. They're numbered. So literally on the box it has like a, either a big number one, two, three or four. I mean you know what numbers are. Uh, I'm assuming. I hope so. Um, but um, yeah, so you know, right, I start with the base, move on to this, then I do that, then I do that, and then it's finished. Got a great line of technical paints as well. Like, the technical paints are amazing. Um, they save you a lot of time. You know, you want to get a good, impactful result, but you don't want to spend forever. You know, you've got like your crackle paints that crack. Um, you've got um, Tesseract Glow, which is like a that like really watery, but it gives a really good luminous yellowy green. Uh, it's great for Necron. Nurgle's Rot gives you a good slimy kind of a gross look. Blood for the Blood God looks like blood. It's great. Absolutely brilliant. Now, the, the thing I find with Citadel paints is they do what they need to do. Like, you know, like... No, no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Some other paints, like, you know, um, I I know personally from experience where I've strayed from the footpath and um i bought some i ordered some paints it was recommended to me by someone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh ordered it waited for ages like put off painting like one of my centerpieces for my army and i got it i was so happy and yeah this stuff was like it was like painting with uh you know the old primary school clag pva glue sort of stuff are you are you talking about the metallic blue by any oh, chance? Oh, the metallic blue. Yes, the metallic, metallic blue. blue. I liked it. I thought it looked good, man. It, but it, yeah, it, I, it, I, it did. It 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 was just 
a shit ton of work. Like I had to thin it down and then it didn't like to be thinned down. And I thin it down properly. I use like, you know, the, the proper mediums and stuff and I even wow. to go so far as like metallic mediums. It's just oh, nightmare. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we've all been there. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, yeah, you know what you're gonna get with Citadel paint. It's made for Warhammer. It's made by. It's made by Warhammer for Warhammer. You sure? You sure you don't? You sure you don't work for old uh, Games Workshop? You're on the payroll. <laughs> no. <laughs> How dare you insinuate? Yeah, you're on the tourist board. Come to Nottingham. What's that? No, I know. I know. Okay, I'm recording. I'm saying it. Okay, I'm saying it. Okay. Yeah, Put the gun Warhammer's down. great. Buy their paints, nobody else's. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do agree. Like, you know, I 99% of my paints that I use are Citadel. Um, I've always used Citadel. I do have some Vallejo because I think the Vallejo is metallic range that they've just come out with, like the aluminums and all that sort of stuff. I think they're pretty, they're pretty up there. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, definitely. Practice. Practice on stuff. Don't uh, Personally, don't commit. Like, if you've got a new paint, you've never used it before, you want to try something new, then use a model that you're not bothered about. Like, I have a big bag of, like, Space Marine bits that I couldn't care two shits about. And I can't even remember where I got it from. I think a guy used to run a hobby night, and he was like, look, I have this bag of Space Marine bits that we use to practice on to teach people how to paint. You just want them for basing purposes. So I, I just like, like if I'm going for something a little bit crazy, a little bit out there, then I'll practice on that. I'm not gonna put it straight on something I paid good money for. No, yeah, hundred percent. Practice makes perfect. This is the age of age of yeah, definitely. It does. Test it. Just test like, it. Uh, <laughs> takes three minutes. Yeah, you, you're not you're not gonna pick up a paintbrush, dip it in some pot. And slap it on a model, and you're gonna win a gold demon no. on your first model. No, no. Like, we've all been there. The, the The trend at the moment, you see, like my first model to my last currently painted model, that's trending out there at the moment. So yeah, um, obviously, to me, paints to avoid is like obviously I stick to acrylics. Um, I don't have any expertise using oil-based paints for my miniatures mm. i think it's i think oil too it, it's, yeah. it's unforgiving as well oil-based paints you know like I mean? they're great but it's a really advanced thing um i've seen people yeah. use them for like weathering and it looks amazing if you know what you're doing that's next if you know stuff. what you're doing you yeah. get that wrong and you've fucked up like the whole day's work it's and it will look sh- it, yeah. it will look shit if you've not practiced it, and it is It'll take a it'll take a while to clean that yeah. up, and, you know. And it'll be on your clothes. There's only so much paint you can put on. Yeah, it's oil-based paint gets everywhere as well, and doesn't wash off easily. It's fucking. Yeah, I stay away from it personally. You know, I realized that we we said prime, but we didn't say how to prime. You need get a prime spray, make it Citadel. Rattle like, I, I don't care. People disagree with me, and I've had this argument with numerous people. Because ah, no, dude, just go to the store where you buy home improvement kits and just get a a primer spray from there. It works fine, and it might. But you know what it can do as well? It can bubble, and you can end up with a nice lumpy little model 
that it'll look greeny. Do, 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 do you often argue with Americans about spray cans? Yeah. Do not. I just, I, I just go on the internet. I just <laughs> go on the internet and say, looking for American man to argue about spray cans because you're wrong. <laughs> And then they get in touch with me, and then we argue, and then I, you know, <laughs> uh, and then um, and then I pay him his money, pay him, then I feel ashamed, and and <laughs> dirty, and then I have to shower, and then and then the whole process starts all over again. I scrub it, I scrub it, I just can't get clean. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I I I'm I'm you know exactly the same boat. I've heard the argument. I know that there are there are like accomplished painters like you know that say basic like plastic primer rattle can, but there's always that fear in the back of my head of it coming out chalky. If it comes out grainy and screwing up, yeah, and then you got to strip it, and you know, and if you're a perfectionist, yeah. and I know we are, that's that's kind of our thing, you know, we. We'll spend days painting just one model. It's you know, if it's if it's grainy, it's ruined. Start again, strip it. But even then, yeah. I know that it was wrong once upon a time, yeah. and it never quite looks the same yeah. when you strip it. It's, it you know, I'm just, it's yeah. fine. Only I know, but I know, I know. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Like, yeah, I can. I look at the um the boys in blue in my cabinet, and I'll be like. There's that bastard at the back. I said, oh, I hope not. No one will notice it, but I know it's yeah. there. You know, it's like, you know, might be under his arm in the armpit where I've just got there. Nah, I can't be bothered fixing that up or, you know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat. I'm in the same boat. So, yeah, for me, I stick I stick to GW primers. They are expensive, but being an, an assertive adult that uh, – Stands on his own two feet, and I've got some uh, disposable income that my wife allows me to spend. I <laughs> graciously, yep. yeah, I use I Citadel. That's that's just it for me. Like you know, and the arguments there, go for it. You know, do whatever floats your boat. And obviously, if you can't afford it, because they are a bit pricey for what they, they are, are, but they last a while, um, you know, and. Yeah. You, you know, it that one kind of spray, it, it will last you. It will do you a fair lot of models because um, you're not really looking to yeah. be caking it on. That's not, you know. No. So it's it, it will last yeah. you. And that That's that's another thing else to say. Like when you prime your model, you don't have to. It's You're not painting a car or a Picasso or like a house. You, you As long as you get some of that primer on there, even like you know, you don't want to just like mist it on, but that's what it's there for is for the paint to stick to it to to create the surface. Yeah, definitely. For the paint to stick to the plastic, that's all it's doing. 100%. If it if it's not in a hobby shop, right? Let's put it this way, and you go to your local kids' craft store, and it's in the do not finger painting. Yep. Section. Do not buy children's acrylic paint. Do not buy That's exactly that right. stuff. Don't get a big, oh, yeah, but it's only like two pounds for like a litre of paint. No, don't do it. Yeah, It's not going to do yeah. the trick. It'll be crap. It's the same as when you buy cheap PVA glue. We'll probably talk about basing at some point. You buy cheap PVA glue. There's a reason it's cheap. The reason it says kids on the label. There's a reason for all of these things. So 
Yeah. Exactly right. And that's a hundred percent stay away from that. But completely disagree when it comes to tools of the trade. All right. So yeah, tools. Obviously, like now here, this is where need a brush. So for me, I flip the coin. Yes, the brush. Need a brush. Basil the brush. Only a brush. That's it. Need a brush. Get some brushes. Go to a shop. Buy some brushes. Now, you will see everywhere, like, brushes. People, There are very, very expensive brushes out there. Don't buy expensive it, brushes. You don't need don't it. Do One day you hey? will. One day you, you may benefit yeah. from having really expensive brushes, but right now you don't. You don't need to get them. doesn't matter. As long as, it, as, long as you have some yeah. thin brushes, and it's not, again, it's not about how small the brush is, it's about how fine the point is when you're getting into that detail. Yeah, I'm- a good point. That's what you well, want. Uh, to begin with, the, just just a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Just get used to using a paintbrush. Get used yep. to getting the paint on. Do yep. the bases first. Get not the base of the model, the base paint. Do the base paint first. Let it dry. Don't start trying to do the next bit. Don't start trying to do detail while it's all wet. Don't skip steps. Just if you're doing Space Marines, if you're doing Ultramarines, for example, get get a load of models, stick them together, prime them, paint them blue. That's it. There you go. That's it. Next army. Next army. Let's go. Tyranids now. Yeah. That's it. Bank bank details? Yep. No worries, sir. Here you go, Mr. GW. What about, like, you just said stick your models together. What kind of glue would you Plastic use? glue, my man. Citadel plastic glue. Now. It's dangerous. What is, in your mind, the difference between using... A plastic cement or bond to a super glue. Um, the plastic glue, what that does is it melts the plastic, so it will not work on stuff that isn't plastic. So if you're trying to use a plastic glue on like a, I think even Forge World, like anything that's sort of resin based or or if you, yeah, resin, no go for resin. If you've decided to use the old metal models because I don't know, you're just mad. You're just mad. Um, Retro, it won't man. work. It won't do it. It melts the plastic and then it sort of unmelts it, like dries, so that what happens is the two plastic pieces are perfectly fused together. Um, once it's done, it's done. That ain't that ain't coming apart unless you cut it or snap mm-hmm. it. There's no no with super glue. You can kind of supposedly stick it in the freezer. Stick it in the freezer, and you can snap it off a little bit, and whatever, and yada yada yada. I find I, I did find with, with some super glue back in the old day, it it gets brittle over years and it just doesn't work. But on the old on the old school metal models, they just fall apart. I wouldn't know after a long time. I I... Yeah, well, like because yeah. I'm not old, Johnny. Made of a, a fine vintage, you know. You can defend it however you want, mate. <laughs> fresh, young. I'm trying. Dirty. I'm trying, man. Right? <laughs> um, no one will be out later. Okay, what's that? I'll be in a little bit. I'm just talking to my friends in Australia. Um, yeah, get some brushes, man. Get some plastic glue. You know what? Just go with the Citadel kits. Go with the kit. You, honestly, you can't go wrong with it. The, the yeah. Get Started kits. It's got a little scrapey thing, it's like a little blade that you can use to sort of scrape the mold lines off, which you should definitely do, because if you don't you scum oh, you are, and I yeah, will fight yeah. you what are you doing with I'll, your life, seriously I'll fight you. 
Uh, straight up. Yeah. The, the, I can see a beautifully painted model, and I've seen it by, like, pro, like, on some of the YouTube videos and stuff, and, like, they, and it turns it around. It's like, dude, how did you miss that? Like, uh, that's just a deal breaker for me, man. Makes me physically sick. You uh, know? Mold lines. Uh, yuckies, yuckies, yuckies. Now, a lot of people bash Citadel tools. I personally don't because I like mm-hmm. them. I like the look of the clippers. The, the, I thought they were rad. Now, but like their mold line scraper tool with the handle, now that is nice it is nice that is a nice mo- that piece I, I treated myself to one so yeah i deserve it i worked hard this week well done man but yeah that and it's 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 not it's not a sharp blade that's going to stab you a 15 million times over the course of your modeling career like an exacto knife I, yeah well that's what i use that's what um, i use i use the exacto knife and i've take nearly taken the the tip of my finger off about a hundred yeah. times. Um, yeah, so, you know, clean up your mold lines, cut your models. Now, when you cut your models out, don't cut them flat against the piece of the model. That's, that's yeah, you're asking for trouble there. Cut it a little bit away from the sprue, like to the wards away from the model, So and then just shear that bit off. Like, you know. But, you know, you time. know what? We could talk about this for hours, and we could. And we, and we, we will. will. No, wait, we, we won't. will. <laughs> just that little bit, the whole thing. We're just going to do a whole episode on how to take stuff off. The... I just snap it out. I just get in there, yeah. <laughs> snap it out, oh, just, just rip it off the sprue. Um, fuck it. Yeah, just don't even snap it out. Just twist the sprue around and around so it pops out. You know. Um, Oh, it's turning white. Look, it's color coding. So, a place, a place to hobby, and what you need to set it up. Um, okay. A desk. Chair. Desk. Chair. Put some mat down. Newspaper. Light. Put newspaper down. I use cling film. Genuinely, wholeheartedly, I put a layer of cling film over the desk, and then I put greaseproof paper over the top of that. Um, because I know that if oh I get God, any, well, if I get any paint on, yeah, but that's there's no way that paint is getting on this desk because I know that if paint gets on this desk, then my missus, my missus, she will kill me. <laughs> Do you understand, Johnny? She will, she will kill me. I want spilt yellow contrast paint on the door, and had to spend about an hour very slowly chipping it off without damaging the gloss work on the door, right? How did you spill paint on a door? How do you not spell? Contrast paint. It goes everywhere. Also, side note, contrast paint is fantastic. We'll move on to that, though, later. Another yeah, time. I, yeah, yeah, another time. Another time. We'll get into the advanced I'll, things, I think. There. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, John. Um, I'll tell you why I'm, wa- I'm wanting to move forward a little bit. Because we, yeah. we, have, a, we have a guest. We have a little guest lined up. Oh, 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 I think I'm a little bit excited about this. Um, <laughs> sounds like you're really excited. <laughs> sounds like, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's actually been waiting for quite some time now. Patiently. Patiently. I hope I hope he has been patiently. I... Do you reckon the Do you reckon the tranquilizers have worn off by now? Um, I don't know. Let me kick him. Yeah, no, he's um, he's 
He's um, he's dead, dude. Uh, oh shit! I was gonna say he looked pretty pissed when that died. Yeah, like... man. Yeah, he's really angry, man. It took a while for him to go down as well. It took a long yeah. time. He's like a rhinoceros. Yeah, okay, like a rhino. Okay, so all right. I think okay. I've got a very special guest lined up for us today, um, and it is um, Young Phil. If you'd like to say hello, Young Phil. Uh, hello, hi everybody. I'm I'm happy to hear that I'm a special guest. You are a special guest. You're oh, the specialist of specialists. Special in Just a standard guest. Special in <laughs> all our hearts. We definitely haven't already reached out to all of the major like painting tutorial guys and been declined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the first person. The first person that we thought, yes, this guy. This guy. This guy's the choice. <laughs> So yeah, um, actually, I have a <laughs> reference from the Queen of England. So it's true, you do. I've seen it. I'm the I'm the clear choice. I saw it. I mean, it was on my application. Yeah, of course it was. I mean, that's how all of this happens um, in England. Everything has to go through the Queen. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> the reason we've got you here today, Phil, is we're we're talking a little bit about getting started in the hobby. So getting started in the hobby like uh you know i think I'm, I'm i'm a good guy to talk to about that as i've recently gotten into this hobby really phil Ooh. that's interesting that is new information to me that i had not considered before inviting you on this show well you don't say that, was that supposed to be my <laughs> was that, <laughs> that the fuck? can we can we just do the rest of the podcast where we all just speak really high pitch oh yeah can we that'd be great <laughs> so phil <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I've been I've been in the hobby for about six months now. It doesn't sound any different. Yeah, I probably I got into the hobby, <laughs> got in the hobby back uh, during COVID. Um, Ooh. Yeah, during the during the initial lockdown, um, I was in it. I, I used to play when I was in uh, middle school, and then I stopped playing because I was like, I'm gonna get made fun of. <laughs> Imagine. And you know, because I was going into uh, high school and everything, and I was like, I don't need this on my. On my record, but now I'm older and I don't care what anybody thinks about me. So here I am. <laughs> yes, I think we've uh, we all went through a quite a similar thing of being young and into this and hiding it to being old and into this and hiding it. <laughs> I don't hide it. I just hide it from my missus when I walk through yeah. boxes <laughs> under my arms. Exactly. You can't put it in a bag because the bag crinkles and she'll know. <laughs> What are, yeah. you, what are you looking at on your phone? Is that is that the Games Workshop website? No, it's porn. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's filthy, disgusting porn. Don't look. <laughs> no, don't look at it. <laughs> uh, She's like, ah, you're looking at those fucking Nurgle things again, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to kick complete on the shopping basket, all right? I'm just... I'm using it as a calculator. I'm not going to buy Obviously. it. <laughs> so I can calculate how much I need to save in a way that I understand for when I buy you gift. <laughs> <laughs> so you say six months you've been into the hobby so far, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what, 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 what drew you back into it? So, like, honestly, like, one day I was just sitting there and I was just, like, kind of just hanging out and everything and I was, like, on YouTube and I was like, what do I want to watch right now? And I was like, you know what, like... 40k was sick i'm i'm gonna look up 40k and like see what's going on in the the world of of warhammer and then like i just watched a couple videos and then like i'm a big podcast guy so i was like i'm gonna find a podcast and i uh stumbled upon Lorehammer, and i just binged him on yeah yeah shouts to the voice but yeah and that's that's how i got into it that's you know and then i just started and then 
you know, I was listening to it and I was like, ah, oh, I kind of want to get some of these models. Like, I don't know. Like, I just want to bite the bullet. And then COVID happened and everything. And I was like, well, there's nothing else to do. And then I just kind of like full on head first jumped into it. Um, you know, I dragged a bunch of friends down the hole with me. So like now I've got a really, really good gaming group and everything. Um, really just an ideal situation for somebody to get in the hobby with. Like I, I got very lucky. I was going to say, like, you won the lottery there, man. Sounds like it, eh? Yeah, definitely. I think I've tried to drag loads of my friends into it, and every single one is just, please stop sending me pictures of these. Please. I don't I don't care. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, my friend just thought it was cool. You know, I uh, the selling points I had were, like, um, I got in this big argument with my one friend, and, like, I, like, about who would win in a fight, like a Space Marine or a Jedi classic <laughs> and i was like dude like you don't understand like what these things are like <laughs> i was like a jedi doesn't do anything he's like dude a jedi's a badass and i was like all right so i showed him a Stardies on youtube oh, yeah. and i was like these guys are basically jedi and i was like now watch <laughs> and they got and then, like space marines marking those psychers and i was like there you go that's your proof. I was like a space marine at an equal level of a Jedi. Like I was like, obviously, like Yoda is gonna kill this space marine. But I was like, but if Yoda fought like Rebuke Gilliman, like he would die. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, anyone touches a uh, old G man, they're out of the they're out of the equation. Wait, you know, except for anybody that's stronger than him. Say like Abaddon, for example, or is that, I don't know. Are we really going to go down this rabbit hole? Like like, feels like that would be seriously. Feels like that would be like an hours long conversation since I'm speaking to two uh, loyalist scum. Uh, it's uh, my my army's lore is um not exactly loyalist. Like my army's lore is kind of like a uh, satire on the um, current state of the United States of America. Okay, so on that note, let's <laughs> what what is your army? I I play uh for the old heads out there Imperial Guard, um uh, yeah Imperial Guard but it's a uh, Astra Militarum now but it's and um what what faction did you go with like what it's uh, just like, so they... I'm doing homebrew but I'm running them um in game as Talarn uh if you guys uh, want yeah if you guys want me to start popping off with the statistics and all that of my army I can I'm I'm very big into the tactical aspects of the game. Oh, no, that's yeah. cool. Like yeah, we'd it. understand that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you would, Bob. <laughs> They're uh, basically like this kind of like technologically advanced planet and everything like that, kind of slaves to the um, companies that run it and everything like that. They're, they're very big into producing like weapons and stuff like that for the Guard, and they have like a lot of experimental tech that they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so got a lot of... Uh, Third-party stuff, conversions, all sorts of crazy stuff going on in the army to try and make it look unique, kind of very back cool. up that lore that I have. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you know, I kind of part of the lore is like they're kind of like the back doorway. They like work closely with the Adeptus Mechanicum to like kind of like find workarounds of tech heresy where they're like really, really towing the line. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Because mm-hmm. it does happen. Yeah, and, and anything that goes for the back door is always a winner in my book. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that yeah, it does sound very cool. And um, it's good to see a lot more homebrew chapters and mm-hmm. regiments. And I like that sort of aspect yeah. of it, obviously. Yeah. 
me being no creativity whatsoever, just making ultramarines. Yeah, I was going to say, you love homebrew ultramarines. You follow the least homebrew <laughs> chapter. This fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't want to fucking play anymore. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. My, my army, like, I just kind of chose a color I liked. I was like, orange is really cool. And then, like, the color scheme's kind of like autumn colors. And I literally just looked up, like, autumn on Google Translate. And I just kept translating into different languages until I found a cool way to say autumn in a different language. And then I named my planet that. And uh, the planet's name the planet is, is the planet of Eukora. Oh, dude, man. Like, you, you're on, like, a whole other fucking level here, man. This is, this is, this is poetic and shit. I properly love that. I mean, I do something very similar when like, I'm naming my stuff. You, know, you just get drunk and like go into a random name changer. I've seen <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Especially the first bit. Just get drunk. I, mean. yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend going on to Google, taking your color scheme, finding like an overarching theme for it, taking that word, and putting it into Google Translate. I think I think Eukora is like, ah, what was it? It was like Taiwanese or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Autumn, something crazy. No, that that is like honestly one of the coolest fucking stories I've ever heard of how someone thought up shit for their army. Thanks, yeah. That's cool. That's oh dude. I love your army. I think it's really thematic, it's got like a really good feel to it and it the fact that you've put that effort in to come up with sort of like yeah, the name of the planet. I know I've read your short story as well that I really liked. Because you put that work in, the end result, you see it and you feel it. Do you get what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm very satisfied with where it's gone. I've gotten, um, you know, thank you, first of all, great feedback from you guys. And uh, in general, I've gotten pretty good feedback from the community and stuff. So I'm excited that my uh, my ideas are, are well accepted. I've uh, actually um, kept like this little uh, hobby journal where like I kind of just do like sketches and stuff and try to like before I start modeling on something, I uh, sketch it out in this book and everything kind of get a feel for it and play around with the idea on paper and uh then i take that book and it's actually um gonna be a fun little piece of lore for me where like it's gonna be like the field journal of um some random planetary citizen who was like saved by uh, my regiment on their planet and like it's just kind of dragged along with the regiment because they can't send them anywhere else so they're kind of like here's a helmet here's a gun stay out of trouble and like this journal's kind of like this guy like learning the army like learning the regiment as he works with them and stuff going across the planet and everything so kind of like putting myself into the universe a little bit while i figure it out um and then yeah that is so cool (laughs) (laughs) you motherfucker (laughs) fuck this shit damn i don't step on my game go games workshop tomorrow but yeah, no, that's yeah, that's epic, man. That's um, that's so cool. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's a, wow. it's a, it's a really fun way to uh, figure out your army's lore. You know, like like give your own personal spin and really have like a, a really deep connection to the lore. Yeah, yeah. And um, also, it helps you uh, in the modeling aspect, so that you don't kind of hit that little wall where you sit down to start hobbying and everything and you're like what the fuck am i even doing right now like where do i even start right now i mean it's fantastic (laughs) like genuinely that's amazing advice and i think the wall Uh, is probably something that's worth yeah sort of speaking about that creative block that you can just come to and how do you get past that where do you go from there how do you how do you move forwards that's really valuable 
feedback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I found it helpful. Um, really, like uh, the best thing is like just it. It's really nice having the notes as well for um when I have to stop a project where I'm like I'm tired or like suddenly something comes up and I have to get up and leave. Um, I know we've all been there where you're like you're sitting there and you had to do something and like you get up from a project and like the next day or like two days later you sit down and you're like what am I doing? Like, what was even happening here? Life gets so, in the uh, way, man. The, jour- the journal helps with that. Yeah, the journal helps with that. That was cool. I mean, personally, I just start a new army every time I hit a creative block. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a good technique. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. It's an expensive technique. Yeah. Wow. And, like, uh, I've lost my train of thought. I'm just, I'm still speechless. You've just blown Johnny's mind, man. The upstaging that I've had right now, just yeah, wow. That's, Dude, that's... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to come in here and make you feel some type of yeah, way. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> don't don't apologize. Don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. No, it's great. That's that's the stuff I love to hear about as well. Yeah, Especially I'm. Uh, like, you know, I'm one of those people that like when I do something, like I'm 150 percent in. Or like I'm just I'm just not there at all. Yeah, yeah, totally can relate with that. That's awesome. I mean, I've seen your basing as well, Phil, and I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a you know I'm a big fan of your basing ideas. Oh yes, thank you. I'm uh very satisfied. I uh so when I was in the hobby way back in the day, I was um terrified. This was like ten years ago. This was like a decade ago. I was so scared of painting and like basing and everything. And back then, we did not have the tools that the hobby has today. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was far much more labor intensive, and you didn't have like the resources on YouTube and the internet and stuff to like. No. Oh yeah, the the dark days. Yeah, so like it was a very intimidating aspect of the hobby, and I remember I had like just an ocean of gray orcs, just gray plastic. <laughs> and um, then you know, I then I got older, and like I like really like did my research and like put in the effort, and I figured out how to paint and stuff, and then basing seemed intimidating. And then I just had this idea where I was like, you know what? Like, I want my army to be grim dark. Like, I want the base to be something that helps tell the story of the model and like kind of convey what's happening on a battlefield. So my most recent pro- project was um, on a sixty millimeter base for a heavy weapons squad, where I converted up this guardsman who had his uh, lower half of his body blown off. <laughs> So he's got, like, his guts and stuff hanging out on the ground, his, like, helmets over on the other side of the base, and, like, it was actually a very intense process where, like, I had to go find arms from one set, an arm from another set, cut off the hands of those arms, replace those hands with different hands from another, from, like, a different set, um, put them on there, sculpt some guts out of green stuff, put that on there. Good man. And then, uh, you know, blood for the blood god. (laughs) Yeah, I... Do remember seeing that base? That was pretty epic. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I like the grim dark. I like that. You know, I, I was like, this guy's in, he's in a war zone. Like, this should look like a war zone. You know, there should be dead people everywhere and like craziness. So I just have a nice little PDF guy sitting on the ground, bleeding out, uh, reaching up to the sky, in uh, longing like somebody save Fucking me. Fucking love it, man. Fucking love it. <laughs> So cool. I love it. I love it. And uh, it was my first uh, exploration with cork and basing. Yeah, as a a sort of pavement. Yeah, talk 
Talk to me about that then. Talk to me about that because you know what? It's the one thing that I haven't really looked at yet. So what's it like using cork as a material? For you um, it's really it's it's really easy to work with. Um, you can really get a very very believable pavement effect with it with the cracking and everything and everything like can kind of fit together really nicely so it looks like it kind of was like once together kind of like a pangea thing <laughs> you know like how the world you're like look at how africa and south america just kind of sort of fit together you can do that with the cork really well with uh it looks natural it looks good but um i will say uh it is a sponge for paint yeah, I can imagine. I, I suppose at least on the flip side of it, because I don't know if you guys have ever tried to use um, uh, like polystyrene foam for basing, but if you if you prime spray that, it will one hundred percent melt. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are certain like um, propellants in the sprays and stuff that will eat it away. The thing is with the cork, I've heard. I think I've heard is that like you paint it like with uh, PVA glue. And sort of seal it. Ah, see, I did not, I did not hear that technique. That's a pro tip. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like just, I think you can even if you water it down so it's not so gluggy and stuff. Yeah, like you know, just sort of seal it off, and then yeah, stops the paint soaking into like cork is a type of sponge. Sort Dude, of thing. So, oh yeah. my gosh, it was such a sponge. I was getting, uh, I was sitting there and I was like, dang, like this is a bitch right now <laughs> oh, no. just trying to get the paint coverage i wanted like i, I just couldn't get it so uh what you just said i am 100 percent going to try with the pva glue hey. to try and get a little seal on there that's, that's what i'm here for um, something else i found was that people were like just go out and get some cheap acrylic paint and use yeah. that instead of your yeah, that's nice nice paints yeah uh, you know what that's um that's a technique that i when you're when you're doing terrain that i know you weren't here for this, Phil, but we specifically said do not buy cheap, crappy acrylic paints for children. But if you're doing bases or large pieces of sort of terrain, 100%, 100%. It makes like, you can sort yep. of lay it on a little bit thicker, um, get it that seal in there. Good job. You can, you, and, and it gives you the opportunity to kind of, basing is one of those things that I use as like an area to... Uh, kind of push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit and like try new things so the the cheaper paints you don't feel quite as bad when you like completely jack something up and go like well this is garbage 100 <laughs> percent right yeah definitely and i think that's a, another real great tip is to just have in your mind that it, it could be absolute utter shite but it doesn't matter it's okay if you're just using cheap materials a bit of cheap cork doesn't matter it's fine there are no accidents in basing just have little yeah. accidents Get on like like because remember like basing the whole the whole cool thing about basing is like that's a place where you can make mistakes and turn your mistake into something like super original and very cool on the base because you know like God doesn't work in straight lines if that makes sense so like you can you can cover those mistakes up and just be like yeah dude like that's just what it looks like yeah that's just how that's just how nature happened like that's just how that explosion made that look but he doesn't work in straight lines son of a bitch. I've been lied to this whole fucking time. <laughs> Mother. Really, really, really like, resonates with what you're saying there, and especially with the bases. Like, I'm, I'm not really. I know Bob's a, a basing machine, and like I've seen your work as well. Oh my gosh, Bob's ability to accomplish projects. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't stop. Keep, keep going. I'm very, I'm very jealous of your ability to like just like pound through projects, just like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think for me that that variety of having a couple of things on the go means that you sort of never get bored. 
because you could just sort of go, you know what? Well, you, you are a natural born pounder. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm so thank you. What else am I? Going <laughs> that was so gentle. He, oh my god, my little heart. Oh, you guys, so wholesome. Such a, a wonderful hour that is so happy talking about hobbies. You're good at, you're good at making me smile. A hobby happy hour. I'm excited to have you on, man. It's been, oh. been good. I was uh, very excited. I was very excited to get invited on the hobby happy hour. It's a pretty, it's it's a pretty cool vibe. I like that. It's just kind of like you guys are like, we'll talk about the hobby, but also like yeah. wherever conversation it's takes like, us. Uh, <laughs> free floating spirit animals, you know, we'll just guide you where it goes. It goes. Yeah, man. What is your spirit animal, Johnny? Me, uh, probably a can of bourbon. <laughs> 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 what would you say is your spirit animal, Bob? What's my spirit animal? Do you guys even have animals in England? It's the noble koala. Oh, that's what I chose as my spirit animal. Is that going to be oh, your spirit animal too, man? <laughs> the koala. What do you, do, you, do you know how noble koalas are? Most, like, 99% of them have hepatitis and they... Fucking eat gum leaves that offer no nutritional value, so they all fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah, dude, the leaves they eat actually just make them high all the time. Yeah, they're not they're not good for them, mate. And that's why the koala is my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> See him up there in the big red gums, just ripping balls. Yeah, I just saw this. Uh, I recently, I just sent this meme to Bob uh, a couple days ago, actually. And it was this picture of a koala that just looks stoned as hell. And it says, uh, Eucalyze Legaliptus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that I saw a meme. Saw a meme this morning. What is it like? You know, like bear, a picture of bear grills. Like you know, uh, I, I wipe my ass with leaves when I'm in the, the the bush and all that shit. And then the next picture is just like this koala with like a leaf hanging out of its mouth, like shocked as fuck. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I've uh, actually recently had a tough time with my hobbying actually because I've been in the middle of a move. Now, I've, I've, I saw this. Now, what's going on? I've just, like, I, I've, uh, it's just been tough to, like, you know, like, I'm in the middle of a move. So, like, I've been, like, packing everything up. So, like, the whole house was in disarray for a while. And, you know, like, when you're, ha like, when everything's in disarray like that, like, it's just tough to sit down and try and ignore it to focus on something else. Like, that's just indulging myself. You know what I mean? When like I'm like, oh, if I have all these important things to take care of, um, you know, I've had Bob hounding me for like the past two months, being like, "How your Bulgarin? How your Bulgarin? How your?" I just want to fucking see him. All right. And uh, literally, it, it feels like it's. Yeah, I know, dude. I I want to I I want to fucking see him too, man. <laughs> By the time you finish them, I will have bought some Bulgarin and finished them myself. Okay, I will paint them in the scheme of your army and send them to you. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. One thing about my uh, army's paint scheme that I didn't realize until I started painting them is that they uh, they vaguely remind me of of peaches. <laughs> the fruit. <laughs> yeah, the fruit. Yeah, I was going to say the, the, the fruit or the Scandinavian <laughs> music singer. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Scandinavian music culture like I have that. 
I have no idea who you're talking about either, man. <laughs> don't you don't you remember Peaches? Nobody remembers Peaches. Oh my god. No, I don't. Oh, dude. Is this an Australian oh, thing? Fuck. It's it's a it's a Scandinavian thing, Bob. No, nah, she's not Australian. Oh my god, is this a is this a generational thing, Johnny? Is that what this is now? Oh, here we go. I'm not that fucking old, you prick. <laughs> but yeah, I I went with orange, right? And it's this nice. It's I use Jacaro orange from um GW, which is great color. It's extremely. It's I don't I don't know if you guys ever get this feeling, but when you're putting paint onto a model and it's just very satisfying, like the way the paint flows and everything like that. Yeah. So not yellow. Not yellow. No, it's no, uh. So I know what you not, mean. Yeah, orange, orange is a bit of a challenging color to work with. Uh, you know, most people say like two thin coats. Orange is more of like a three or four thin coats kind of paint. But it goes on. It applies so smoothly. It's just a very nice paint to paint with. But um, I, I used an accent color of uh, green to offer a contrast from all the warmth that I have going on on my models. So like I have like yellow lenses, orange armor, um tan fatigues and stuff for the cloth and everything and like these brown leathers so it was very warm and um i wanted to kind of offer something that was going to be a little bit of a pop of color something to contrast those hot colors mm -hmm. so i went with this very nice like soft kind of pastel green um and it uh kind of made me think of like the leaves on a peach and then the orange made me think of the peach and i was like yeah these guys look like peaches <laughs> and um it, yeah it's cool though man yeah, and then I, uh, I I started calling them my peaches and cream because <laughs> yeah, on their helmets. Um, I I went with Brody helmets. Uh, and for our listeners that don't know what the Brody helmet is, it's like that World War One British helmet that's got like the rim around it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, on every one of my each individual squad's helmet is painted differently. Um, so. Lorically, my army works very close with Tempestus Scions that are going to be doing mm -hmm. a lot of airstrikes. So their helmets are actually marked in a way that, like, if all technology fails, they can look down at, like, the, like, battle below them, and they can clearly see what's happening based on all the markings of each individual unit. Um, and then also it just helps for tabletop play when you're out on the table. Like, I can see everybody that's supposed to go into what unit. Um, I can keep track of everything very easily while I'm in-game. But uh, the helmets are painted in orange and white. So the white is my cream, and they've gone from the Ucorn 504th to the Peaches and Cream boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Peaches and Cream is maybe like not the, how can I word this, toughest nickname for a group of military powers, but it's cool, man. Yeah, there's supposed to be an intimidating force of planetary conquest, and they're like, Peaches and Cream. Yeah, that's right, prepare yourself. <laughs> Prepare yourself. This is the peaches and cream. Yeah, prepare yourself to get creamed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's kind of that's. Please stop saying that. He got creamed. That's, that's our battle cry. Stop. Charging stop. into battle. Hey, if you win. Yeah, the regiments of Ukora come in and say, "Prepare to get creamed." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, extremely intimidating right now. That's really interesting. Like. Um way of doing it with the helmets and stuff i really dig that that's cool yeah it kind of uh just started off as something where like i was like these helmets are kind of like a blank canvas you know i was like these helmets have they have a lot of character you know i mean they're such an iconic look 
you know, honestly, I don't. I haven't met a single person that doesn't think Brody helmets look badass. I think it's cool how you've brought in sort of like a lorical aspect to it, but also from a practicality perspective, um, when you're actually playing tabletop, something we know nothing about, you can look down and quickly see which who is who. But it, again, it sort of like makes lorical sense. It all sort of ties in. It aesthetically looks very pleasing. No, nice, very nice, very nice. Covered from all bases. I like it. Yeah, all the symbols on like the helmets and everything. Um, they all actually have like unit unique lore to them and stuff so like based on like what that unit says so i got one unit that has like this marking on it that's kind of like a racing stripe almost um and it's like one thick line and then one very thin line next to it and um that's supposed to represent that the thin line is them and they represent that like they're always like one of the first squads like charging right up um getting into the thick of it and everything while everybody else is bringing up the back behind them so cool man <laughs> yeah thank you thank you you guys you guys got to stop telling me it's so cool i'm gonna get all big-headed out here no 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 you fled away that's you're quite welcome to get big-headed over that i'm just checking out some of the dude yeah that that i love the the weathering and the battle damage and stuff as well ah yes i uh i'm very big into the grimdark look yeah yep. 40k um touching back to what we were talking about earlier 100 agree with yeah, you on that yeah touching back to what i was saying earlier where i was like we're in a war zone it should look like we're in a war zone and i think that's um i mean it's sort of a, a a thing within the community anyway isn't it um johnny i know you're big on your your ultramarines looking gritty which is something i really liked about it but yeah I've always, I, I loved your battle damage on your tank i say tank what, whatever it's called yeah i got i got a little carried away with that <laughs> No, I think it's awesome. I um, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I. It was my first attempt at any sort of like weathering or anything like that. Um, now, did you when you did that? Did you like just go with the basic like uh like dabbing or or a sponging technique, or did you like go full technical into the like the chipping medium side of it? So I did not do the chipping medium. That was uh, a little intimidating for me and a little a little <laughs> a little labor intensive uh for yeah. uh, especially because it, it involved like a lot of stuff where i was like i'm just not quite there yet as a hobbyist like i just don't have the the yeah. fundamentals down yet for that so i um yeah. i went with the sponge which uh really yeah. gave me a great effect on it. dude i 100 agree with you man like the chipping medium i've seen it done and to me i think the sponge looks just as good, if not better. I think the sponge looks just as good. You know, and it's less effort. It's spongy. Or down, like if you've got like one of those old shitty paintbrushes that you can clip right down to probably like two, three mils worth of length, and you can use that as well. But yeah, the chipping medium's not really my thing. But that's, yeah, I really dig it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the uh stippling um is interesting i i like the stippling more for rusting effects than i do for chipping effects yeah yeah i think the stippling gives it a much more natural look for rusting where with the chipping the sponge just gives you such a natural and beautiful randomness that mm -hmm. i i can catch myself when i'm trying to use a like a brush or something like that for weathering effects you can catch yourself kind of getting into a systematic pattern yep, of like yep. where to put things and there's too much thought going into it where the sponge is able to keep it random yeah exactly let's do yeah, well i use a sponge for like my weathering and gritting up my boys and like yeah i find yeah like dabbing it on and then like i'll spin it around and stuff and you know yeah 
But yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, it's fun kind of exploring the different angles of the sponge yeah. as well. Where, like you said, spinning it around and stuff to kind of figure out what like like what kind of random patterns you can get going, and then you can go in there too and take your brush and like kind of connect stuff, make bigger things. Yeah. Let me let me ask you guys. I've a uh, another thing that I was doing on that project with like. By the way, to our listeners, every technique I've talked about here was done on a single project. I, I really just kind of went full tilt and was like, fuck it, man. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff I've never, ever done before. On this you just went balls deep. We love that, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I um, <laughs> let me ask you guys. I've been having a lot of trouble with lenses. I'm Oof. listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. Oof, yes. Oof, indeed. Um, to our listeners, don't be scared to try new things. Lens effects are a lot of fun to play around with and everything, especially because um, you start mixing paints to really, really get like a beautiful blend of color and like a very smooth transition. Now, I did a pretty decent job with my yellow lens. Uh, I was really happy with that. But uh, my green lens, I've had a lot of trouble with. Okay, so what did, and you, what did you do with your green lens? So the one thing that I'm finding that's giving me trouble actually is that there are these like four prongs that come on the model that kind of come around the edges of the lens. Yep. So they're in the way of like how the glare would work. So what I've been thinking about doing to try and change it from uh, looking like that is to uh, rather than have it look like it's a lens that like light is just going to shine through and everything. I want to have it look like as if it was backlit, like there's a light in there. What I'm trying to do is like make it a very dark colored lens and then in the center, I'm going to have, like, a green ring. So, like, you can kind of see this green ring through the lens. And then I just kind of want to have this slight, like, little, like, OSL kind of effect coming off the edge of the ring of green. On that note, OSL is uh, original source lighting. Um, and it's uh, a technique used in painting that will uh, give you sort of a, a glow effect. So you'll be able to see that around the, the sort of light source. Makes it look like something's actually lighting something up. So that's another fun technique I've never done. As soon as I heard OSL, I thought, yeah, Bob, this one's for you. Uh... Yeah, I got a, little, got a little bit aroused, not going to lie. Second I heard OSL, <laughs> it's an instinctive reaction. Um, it's not just you, Phil, happens all the time. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I thought I was special. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you are, but the OSL thing, that's just, that's just my body's reaction. Happened again. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think what you want to do, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I did when I was doing sort of like an OSL lens. So I painted it in a grey, so grey sear is the one that I sort of used. And then whilst it was still wet, blended, I think it was Corax white, while it's still wet from the middle. So you've got that sort of blend of white over the top of it. Um, and I was going for a blue. So then when that dried, I then painted with Talisar blue, the contrast paint, over the whole thing. And then sum up around the edges of where the light was going to go. Then a, a sort of a blue dry brush, sort of outwards. Um, I think it was skink blue, sort of like a really light okay. blue. Um, to sort of like highlight the edges. And then with a white light layer paint, which I think it's um, is it white, white scar. I want to say white scar. What you want to do is then just really, really water down. Just, just a, a proper dot of white right in the middle of that lens. And then what you're going to have is sort of an effect where it's the Talisar blue will cover the white and gray, but because it's a contrast paint, it'll be quite watered down anyway, so that you'll be able to see that difference between the white and the gray. And then that dot of white in the middle will just give it that, that little pop. 
Mm. Mm. That's interesting. I'm going to have to try that. I will be uh, actually sitting down today, and I'll be doing some much-needed hobbying for the first time. I, I don't know if I'll be painting today or if uh really kind of got an itch for sculpting stuff recently as i've been messing around with green stuff yeah um i think you were we were going to set down a little challenge weren't we wasn't i i i believe so we were gonna uh, i have received a challenge from bob oh. on um this uh a little sculpting challenge for some green stuff a little a little drop of the gauntlet as it as one yeah might say. so um fun things about my relationship with bob we uh we we met on the internets and um I, I love his work. He does great stuff, especially his Nurgle things. And I've actually um incorporated Nurgle heavily into my lore based off of Bob's army. And um I found this very cool uh just somebody's fan art that they made, a little like Nurgle picture, but it's this uh big old slug boy. He's got a lot of roles. It's very cool, cool. Cool helmet and stuff. And I sent it to Bob and I was like, Hey, I'm I'm thinking about sculpting this, like thinking about doing it and he was like well, let's get a little cheeky here, and I uh, I challenge you to see which one of us can uh, do this this image a uh, justice, make it a reality. Yeah, let's do it, man. I think um, if we say say by January, give us a bit of time to do it, because um, I fancy using the horticular slimux model, which um, yeah, I kind of want to use that as a base. So you got like the little legs, and he's kind of got like a caterpillary sluggy kind of a vibe to him. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. You sent me the uh, picture and everything, and I, I liked your idea for using that. Um, Bob and I, uh, it was interesting talking to Bob. I love uh, comparing with the community and everything, because he and I had very different um, strategies of like how we were going to approach how to like do this. Where Bob said he's going to, he's like, I want to take that model, the, uh, how do you even say it, the Herticulous Slimex? It's a mouthful, like all other GW models. <laughs> I think and, uh, um, he's he's gonna use a he's gonna use a model to sculpt off of where I was like I'm just gonna take a ball of tinfoil and some wire and just like sh- just put random shapes down and see where the world takes me. Hundred percent, man. I think we'll have to uh, we'll have to come back on a later episode and talk about your progress with that, man. Oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have you back. Hundred percent. I I would love to. I would love to. Oh yeah. On that note, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on with us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. How's your time been on the uh, the hobby happening? Uh, this has been spectacular. You know, it's honestly given me my little uh, my fix for uh, wanting to talk about 40K. Because as you said, a lot of times people are like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Yes, man. So it's been, <laughs> it's been nice to just be able to ramble on about my hobby and have people tell me that, uh, you know, give me some reassurance on it and some support with it and stuff. It's it's great to hear from the community and uh, get that get that support. Oh, shucks. Get all warm and gooey inside. <laughs> all warm and gooey inside. <laughs> Hopefully I was able to, you know, inspire some people, give some people cool ideas out there. You know, I look forward to being on some future episodes and uh, updating the community on what I'm working on. Cool. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you for leaving Johnny all warm and gooey inside. Yeah. That's, um... I'll leave you warm and gooey anytime you want, Johnny. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> what is that noise? Cool. Right, well, I'll let you go then, Phil. Peace out, man. All right. All right, thanks. Yep, ta-ta, ta-ta. This is... Well, what a wonderful guest. Oh, mate, it actually is just a joy to talk to. And his story and his lore, mate, top-notch. Definitely, definitely, man. I think it really highlights as well the um, spend your time, spend the time doing it, planning it out, 
think about why they look the way that they look. And then when it's sort of done, you can turn around and tell a story like that one. And it has such an impact. The fact that he has like a little journal that he can bring along to when you're at the at the table and say, "Hey, what's the law for you guys?" Oh, here's a journal about him. So that is sick. That's that's one thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention to him is like with that journal when he's finished with it, like do it like in a leather bound sort of old style like journal, like you know, make it tattered. It's been through the war, like a like a real nice piece. Definitely, man. So, Johnny, what are your final thoughts then? My final thoughts, well, for me, I think we picked, for one, a stellar person in the Warhammer 40k community to be our first inaugural guest. Mm-hmm. For a young fella, he's, he's great. Mm-hmm. I had a blast talking to him and, like, you know, I could sit there for hours talking to him. And, yeah, um, just mind-blowing, just absolutely mind-blowing on the stuff that he's got to contribute. What about you, Bobby? You know, I think I think we'll end this episode with the my sort of tip of the day. I think my tip of the day is Ooh. take your time. Don't rush it. It will come together all on its own. But let it happen. Let it happen naturally. Plan it out. Think about it. There's no rush. There's no time limit. Just take your time, man. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. And if I could add anything to it, you know, don't be afraid of making mistakes. But you will make mistakes, as in life, as in anything, you learn from your mistakes. And as long as you, like, fall forward, when you fall, hey, getting up and going forward is even better. I've been Bob. This has been Johnny. As always. Deuces, everybody. Love yous. Um, I collect the uh, the beautiful blue boys of the Ultramarines, and um, the main reason for following oh, you fucking. Freak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of weird. Oh god! Oh yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna admit like a, a certain piece of war. Bob's a stupid person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>